Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEIFM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. From a topical, comical, and knowledgeable Boston sports talker dropping in hotter than a tropical climate Breaking news, he supplies it And you want the truth? Scoops Keefe will find it He's talking about all the sports And he's also a hashtag dork And the father of two sweet daughters The leader of your squad for you evening marauders And night commuters Tune in and sit tight Six to ten, more like six to midnight Ow, the mic's hot on the Night's Watch crew Celtics, Bruins, Pats, and Red Sox too Doing this since the Rich Keith Project Now he's got podcasts and Twitch stream content KWFE on WEEI It's the Rich Keith Show, so here's your guy all right, welcome into a Friday night edition of the Rich Keefe Show here on WEEI. You can uh, join the program if you so choose at 617-779-7937. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Rich Keefe Show. You can also watch the show on Twitch. Just follow WEEI. You get all the programs from 6A all the way up until uh, the conclusion of our program. And it's a Patriots bye week. So kind of good news overall, just the way the season has gone. That three-plus hours of your Sunday is now no longer yelling at the TV or, you know, just freaking out about a a Mac Jones toss and and all that. So no Patriots this weekend. And then next week we can really lean into this. Next week we can lead into the first must-lose of the season. One of the first must-lose games they've had in a long time, maybe ever. Maybe the first must-lose game. In the history of the Patriots, certainly in my uh, memory of the Patriots, going up against the Giants, two teams that are that are just fighting tooth and nail for a top two, top three pick, maybe even the number one overall pick uh, in the draft coming up next April. It's a must-lose. So it'll be must-lose week here on the, uh, the Rich Keefe Show. But uh, no game on Sunday. But one thing that did come out today is a brand spanking new shiny trailer for a new Patriots documentary. Now, I, like you, enjoy a sports documentary with the best of them. When they're done well, uh, a lot of the 30 for 30s are, are really good. A few of the Netflix untolds are pretty good. Some of them less so. I, would, I actually would go back to Hoop Dreams. 1994's Hoop Dreams is maybe the best sports documentary I've ever seen. But they're usually pretty good. Uh, at least the ones I've seen. There's a lot of them are pretty good. The Patriots are getting a 10-part documentary on Apple TV+, Plus, which... Great timing, Stiz. I just canceled it. I just canceled it because they jacked the prices like every other streaming service. That's always how it goes. You cancel, boom. Then they're like, oh, here's something you want to see. I'm like, oh, man. But it's not coming out until February. So I got a couple of months. Save my save my bucks. Won't pay for it until February. And then I'll probably have to slap it down again and, uh, and watch this thing. Ten parts. And uh, talk. it's just simply called The Dynasty the New England Patriots, and they had a 30-second trailer, and let's all breathe in the 30-second trailer together. And the Patriots have won their sixth Super Bowl title. Don't ever count Tom Brady out. Bill Belichick painted as Mona Lisa. These are the two titanic figures of this franchise. But 
They are two alphas. That collision was inevitable. We were coming near the end. And I was just trying to hold it together the best I could. What do you think of that? That sounds pretty good to me. I'll be watching. So here's what I think. I think there's a couple parts. First of all, they show you Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft are all part of the documentary, which they would have to be. Wouldn't really be much of a Patriots documentary if you didn't have the triumvirate of the New England Patriots a part of it. But I'll tell you, just by the 30-second teaser and the audio they chose to use, like they sort of show Brady, they show Bill, and then you hear the audio of Robert Kraft. You know, him talking about, you know, he's the one that kind of held it together there for 18 could be a bit of a craft victory lap. And I wonder the timing on this and how, uh, as Patriots fans, how are we going to feel about this? Because there's a good chance they have two, three, maybe four wins this season. Just the dregs of the league. They're one of the worst teams in football, one of the worst rosters in football. And then, like a week after the Super Bowl, this thing is going to come out. And who knows? Patrick Mahomes could win another Super Bowl. The Chiefs could win another Super Bowl. Andy Reid, who knows? And then you sit down to watch this, and it's so it's to get, it's going to be bittersweet, in my opinion, because you're going to be reminded of if it just showed highlights of all the different Super Bowl runs, or just you know any kind of uh, big catch by Edelman or Gronk or Troy Brown or Dion Branch, even the Randy Moss season. Like if they, I know that had had that one ended. You don't have to remind me, but all that stuff, I'm all in on that. But then if it's going to, you know, like, and then you're like, all right, well, how did this, how did this thing end? And why are, why are we still five years removed from, you know, Tom Brady leaving and the team is worse off now than it ever was. So it seems like it's going to be a lot of, uh, look at the credit that Robert Kraft deserves. At least that, that's just my read on it 30 seconds in, but they could trick you. Now I was talking about the, uh, one of the last sports documentaries I watched was that Florida Gators one on Netflix and they didn't like barely scratch the surface at all on, like, how bad, like, a lot of those dudes were and, like, the trouble that they got into. But they would show a few highlights, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty sweet. (laughs) I just get sucked right back into the highlights. But for this Patriots run, now you understand why it's 10 parts. I mean, this is a 20-season-long run. So it's going to be 10 parts. It's going to be all kind of drawn out. I'll be curious to see what uh, what other personalities we get involved in this. And also, as somebody who's followed it the entire run, as like we all have, like there's been so many books on it. There's been like football lifes. There's been all those you know post Super Bowl DVDs and everything else. Like how much, how much do you think we stand to learn on this? Doesn't mean I'm not going to watch it. Doesn't mean we probably won't talk about it quite a bit on the show. But I can't imagine there is a ton of brand new shiny details in there. So I don't know, like, how do you how do you sort of uh, view this thing? Are you just going to be excited to relive the glory days, which I think is certainly uh, going to be worth <clears throat> worthwhile, going to be fun, or are you just gonna be, does it anger you a little bit more <laughs> that the team sucks so bad right now? And speaking of that, uh, Mac Jones, my my thought immediately going back to the, the game in Germany, which was another game that Robert Kraft put a ton of uh, priority on. Like he really wanted to win that game, they didn't. We've talked all week about, you know, the decisions that they made in the game, that Bill Belichick made in the game, and, you know, Mac Jones getting benched for the third time this season. And is that it for Mac Jones? Should it be it for Mac Jones? And I think most people are saying, like, yeah, it probably should be the end of Mac Jones. 
But famously, uh, when everybody thinks Bill Belichick will zig, he will zag. And that's why I kind of thought this even Sunday afternoon. I actually hopped on with uh, Andy Hart, Bragg, on the uh, postgame show for like a quick hit. And one of the things he was talking about was Mac Jones sort of like, you know, painted over the like, oh, he's definitely not going to be in next week or the next game. And I'm like, I don't know. I kind of I have a feeling that you are going to see Mac Jones again. I don't think his Patriots career is is over. It should be at the end of this season. Like, it should be like, you know, hey, this didn't work out. You will take some blame. You take some blame. We're just going to rip the Band-Aid off, and everybody's going to go their, their separate ways. Maybe Bill goes to the Chargers. Maybe Mac goes to, you know, compete somewhere on a team that has a, a, even a quarterback even younger than him or something along those lines, but probably shouldn't be here. But I don't know. I really, I don't think, I wouldn't bet money on Bailey Zappi getting the start. Will Greer, I have no idea how caught up to speed Will Greer is on any of this. So I kind of feel like it could be more Mac Jones. And then, you know, what's the reaction of that even going to be like? How are people going to take that in? And it's, you know, what, probably Tommy DeVito from the Giants against Mac Jones and What's he going to look like after one of the worst throws we've ever seen an NFL quarterback make in a game? Two weeks to sort of think about it. Two weeks to sort of stew in just a miserable performance uh, against Germany. And if all these reports are true that 80% of the team wants uh, to pull the plug on Mac Jones. So then when Bill doesn't do that, then what's the response? Like you can only imagine how upset the rest of the team's going to be. But really, like, why should those guys get what they want? Like they haven't played well either. So it's just been a train wreck of a season, way worse than really anybody could have imagined, even if you thought they were going to be bad. And I kind of did, like not to do a victory lap on that, but preseason I thought this was probably like a six-win team, and they're not going to get there. They're not They're not catching six. But this was just like the wheels are falling off. And in a year where had they just been middle of the pack, had they been what you know maybe the majority of people expected this year, the AFC now, first of all, is not as good as we thought, and it's just riddled with injury. So last night, Thursday Night Football, Joe Burrow hurts his wrist. Apparently his wrist was already hurt. There's going to be a whole to-do with that. But Joe Burrow, done for the year. Mark Andrews, uh, best pass catcher for Lamar Jackson, likely done for the year. Aaron Rodgers got hurt week one. The Bills aren't anywhere near as good as, we, as uh, expected. So if you were kind of just like, you know, laying in the wheel, a little cat in the grass. You could you could have popped up and, and maybe won a round or two in the in the AFC playoffs. But no, you are at the the absolute bottom of the AFC. You are looking up at teams like Tennessee and Houston and the Raiders. Like you're looking up at all those teams. So yeah, there there is no uh, friskiness from the New England Patriots in a year where you know it it, it could very well be Kansas City again. But if not, I think this Burrow injury and this the issues going on in Buffalo, it opens the door for somebody else. I don't know if it's Jacksonville. They didn't appear to be all that ready for it when they took on the 49ers, but we'll see. Maybe that's just going to be their one bad loss, and then they'll, they'll bounce back. But maybe it's Lamar Jackson's year. Maybe, I mean, I'm not going to bet on Herbert. I'm not going to bet on, I mean, the Browns also don't have a quarterback. Throw that one in. Not that Watson was playing great, but add it to the pile of AFC uh, injuries and sort of a, a much different looking conference than we expected. All right, you can join the show. Uh, Patriots talk here out of the shoot, but we can get to some other topics as well tonight as it's a uh, 
nearly a full tang. It's just it's a three-quarter tang. We're on until 9 o'clock tonight. Just me, so feel free to hop aboard at 617-779-7937. It's the Rich Keefe Show, and right now here is Stiz with What's Trending. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. Trending now, the Celtics on the road tonight in Toronto for their second in-season tournament game against the Raptors. Tip-off in a little over an hour at 7.30. Chris Stapps Porzingis was questionable. However, the Celtics just announced the team has a clean bill of health. And Porzingis will be out there as well as Al Horford, Jalen Brown. Celtics won their last five games against the Raptors and are currently number one in the East right now. The Bruins have the night off tonight. They're back on the ice tomorrow night when they'll host the Montreal Canadiens at the TD Garden. Puck drop at 7 p.m. Thursday night football last night as the Ravens beat the Bengals 34-20 and horrible news for Cincinnati as Joe Burrow's season has come to an end after the quarterback suffered a torn ligament in his right wrist during the second quarter of the game. It's looking like Burrow will need surgery on that wrist. And it was a close one up until late in the fourth quarter last night, but the BC Eagles lost to the Pittsburgh Panthers 24-16. BC now 6-5 on the season. Their next game next Friday when they'll host the Miami Hurricanes at Alumni Stadium. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rich Keefe Show coming up. You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Say WEI is a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEI. This is the Rich Keefe Show, WEEI, taking up until 9 o'clock tonight. We have the uh, Boomer Assize and National Football Show comes your way then. So plenty of time for your phone calls at 617-779-7937. A couple of early uh, Patriots thoughts right out of the shoot. They got the new documentary coming out. Seems like it could be a bit of a craft victory lap. Uh, I think it'll be fun to watch. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it. I'm going to enjoy it. But it also kind of stings when, you know, this team is horrible right now. And uh, this documentary comes out about a week after the Super Bowl, I believe. And then also I'm sticking with it and we'll have another week to discuss it. But I think Mac Jones remains the starting quarterback for the Patriots. I do. And it has as much to do with who's behind him as he himself. Like His play certainly hasn't warranted more playing time. But just look at how they've treated all of the other quarterbacks on the roster. So that's why I think they'll stick with Mac Jones and maybe kind of just, you know, go down with the ship, everybody, for the rest of this season and then hopefully start anew next. Uh, Actually, speaking of starting anew next, uh, Todd McShay was on uh, the Ryan Rossillo podcast and he was talking about this upcoming draft, as of course Todd McShay would. And we're talking about, you know, Patriots just losing out the must lose game with the Giants and if they could secure the number one pick like what that means in this draft but he kind of puts it in perspective too like if you haven't been paying attention too much to college football or the prospects in it you've heard Caleb Williams you saw him crying you know you saw him you know crying in his mom's lap after a game that kind of thing you know won the Heisman last year but then this year certainly has been a little bit more bumpy he's the consensus number one but McShay does a pretty good job of like breaking down how important really the top three picks are in this draft. And so I was listening to this thinking of, all right, what is, you know, how this relates to the Patriots. This is a year. Like, it's, it's like having three rare diamonds that you can get. And after that, everything's like, 
know, there's a bunch of good players. But when you're talking about Caleb Williams, who's got a chance to be a Patrick Mahomes type of, of talent at the next level, if developed properly. Drake May, who would, would be like the star everyone's talking about if it wasn't for Caleb Williams. And then Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, honestly, like Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson, you go by like, uh, I would say Jamar Chase. Like those are the three guys I look over the last like 15, 17 years where the, the, the premier top grades I've ever given to wide receivers he's going to be just as high, if not higher. Like, so you're talking about three guys that could absolutely change your organization. And then after that, it's just a regular draft, you know, good, good players, but not that special. So it's going to be interesting. Like, do, do the Giants want to win? Do the Patriots want to win? Like, Mac Jones is, he should have been. He earned it, but he, he's benched this week. They're talking about Will Greer competing with, with Bailey Zappi. Like, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because no one will ever admit that they're not trying and the players are all trying. But there will be some coaching decisions and players playing and not playing that I think will be interesting to track because it's so rare to have a draft where you literally have three guys that are a rarity to get. So how about that? So the top three picks are of the utmost importance, according to McShay. So two quarterbacks. So if uh, Drake May was in almost any other class and it wasn't with Caleb Williams, he'd be the number one pick. Caleb Williams is the number one pick, or at least in McShay's eyes. And then Marvin Harrison's one of the best wide receiver draft prospects that he has ever seen. So right now, the Patriots pick third. So they are in that spot. So in, honestly, the way the Patriots have drafted, they might almost be better off third. It's like, we'll just take whoever falls from the, the top two. We'll take the third guy, and then you can't yell at us years later when we screwed it up. Because, you know, there's also a chance that either May or Williams or both end up being a bust, or one of them's a Hall of Famer, one of them's a bust, whatever. Like, we've seen every combination with the draft, right? Whether it's, you know, Winston and, and Mariota or whether it's, uh, you know, Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf, Drew Bledsoe, Rick Meyer. Uh, then this most re- – or not too long ago, but Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and Tua were all in the same draft. So you're like, okay, well, those guys all seem to work out pretty well. But I think that's something to keep an eye on as the season goes on because right now the Giants, Pats, and Cardinals all have two wins. Carolina has one. Now their pick goes to Chicago. And then there's a pile of teams with three wins. So if the Patriots get cute and they start winning games, they could they could go from picking third to ninth. And then, in the words of McShay, you're getting, like, a pretty good player there. And if you ever wanted to trade one of those picks, now I wouldn't suggest the Patriots do that, but it sounds like you could get an absolute haul from somebody if they're going to move up into the into the top three. Most years you can anyway, but this year it seems like even more so. All right, let's go to the phones on this one. 617-779-7937. Rick's on 495. What's up, Rick? Hey, Keith, what's up, man? What's happening? Oh, nothing much, dude. Nothing much. Just just driving. Uh, First time caller, but I love you. I kind of miss you on the midday, so I'm not going to lie. Same. Yeah, yeah, I know. Thanks, man. Hey, all right, so listen. If you don't want them to win, who do you want them to start, you know, next week? Well, I guess in a weird way, I guess Mac Jones would probably be the best bet to keep losing. So, so if they do get cute, right? Yeah. And they, 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 let's say they beat the Giants, right? Yep. 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 You know, maybe, maybe squeak out one more. They go into the last game of the season against the Jets. Mm-hmm. Who are you betting in that streak? Uh, well, I would probably is Aaron Rodgers playing? And thanks for the call, Rick. If Aaron Rodgers playing, and he might, 
The guy looks a lot better. Like for somebody who tore his Achilles, he's out there like hopping around, having a toss before some of these games. It's been crazy. It has been it's, so crazy watching his recovery. It's like the injury is supposed to be. That's like a year injury, right? Or like nine months. Ayahuasca, like if, if it's baby. quick, it's nine months. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's all hopped up on something. <laughs> he's like, but hey, it works. Like whatever, cares. So, uh, but yeah, no, I think the I think the Jets could uh, could finally break that streak. It is amazing how the Patriots streak against the Jets is Cam Newton, it's Mac Jones. Like, it's not just Brady. Like, Brady would beat everybody all the time, and you're like, yeah, whatever. But now it's it's lived on past Brady, which is pretty crazy. But, yeah, it could come to an end at the end of the year. Now, as far as, like, who I want to see play while they lose, like, I still want to see the young guys play. Uh, that, that's what, like, Pop Douglas, Kayshawn Booty. I think he stinks, but Tyquan Thornton, like, throw him out there. You just drafted him. Let's just make – let's let's be sure – that the guy is useless before you make roster changes next year. The quarterback, I don't think it's going to really matter. Like, I think you put Mac Jones out there, they're just as likely to lose with Bailey Zappi as they are with Will Greer, Malik Cunningham. Like, I think they're probably going to lose a lot of games regardless of who the quarterback is. And so maybe the only thing there is you want to see if Bailey Zappi or Will Greer, which one is more worthwhile keeping around next year. But it's also a weird question to ask and discussion to have because you don't know if Bill Belichick's going to be here. You don't know if Bill O'Brien's going to be here. Like, you don't know who's in charge. So, like, are, are they auditioning for somebody that's even here or going to be making that decision next year? Like, we we don't know. Uh, David's in the car. He's up next. What's up, David? Hey, good evening, Rich. Thanks for taking the call. So, yep. I, I do have a theory, but I want to get to my point first. So, my point is I cannot believe, including myself, that we are now at a stage where we're we're for, you know we're looking forward where for the New England to lose instead of winning. I, I I could not even begin to understand this without it come to it. But my theory is Mac Jones will start, and, and this is a, I think Mac Jones knows he's on his way out. If the team is indirectly, purposely losing games so they can have a good pick, a number one draft pick. I believe Mac Jones is going to piss off the team by making sure he wins in any start that he's in. Well, and he I should have started that earlier, David. One. Shouldn't he have started that earlier? Then it wouldn't be in this mess. <laughs> but right now, this is where they want him to lose so they can get a good pick. And I think he's going to say, oh, yeah, you want me out? I'm going to show you how I lose yeah. by winning. Uh, okay, that is, that's a theory. That's, you know, toss it on the, uh, on the pile for sure. Like, there's no way. Like, if Mac Jones wanted to start winning, he would have done so. He would have he won some games already this year. Like, that throw against the Colts, like, that is not a guy that I don't think has the ability to then uh, use his benching as motivation. Otherwise... He would have been more motivated after the first benching or perhaps the second benching. And now I guess we're waiting to see how he responds after the third. Like, I don't think there's no like magic elixir for them. There's whatever Aaron Rodgers has. I don't think anybody on the Patriots has. Now there are some bad team. Like the giants are a horrible team. The giants are, are just as bad, if not worse than the Patriots. So just, just because, you know, if they come off the bye week and then beat the Giants next week, that doesn't really mean like, okay, season's back on. See, they're not going to quit because I don't think anybody on the field is trying to trying to lose. I think it's the way the roster was built, and then it was Matt Judon, Christian Gonzalez, your two best players getting hurt. So you remove your two best players from already a pretty uh, deficient, like skill-wise team, and 
this is what you have. I, don't, I also don't think the coaches are as good. Like, I just don't think Belichick is as good as he as he used to be. And some of that is the roster thing. But I, I also think it's the game day coaching stuff. I mean, there are some weird calls that like, go back to earlier in the season, like decisions to not kick a field goal versus kicking a field goal or punt or going forward or, you know, not having a guy back to return a punt, not attempting a Hail Mary, like just different things. And then like all the penalties too, which we kind of look at with other teams. I'm like, oh, there's just no discipline there. Like those guys, they, they're – they're not, you know, their heads not in the game, and look at look at all these dumb mistakes. It's like, well, when the Patriots are doing that, like you can't just blame the player. I get, you know, unless you want to be consistent about it, and you got to blame just the players everywhere else, and don't blame, you know, coaches. Don't don't laugh at some of Rex Ryan's teams or or whatever else. But yeah, the Patriots. I mean, they're probably going to be an underdog in every game the rest of the way. I didn't look at the Giants line yet, but they're in New York for that one. Uh, they're in Denver, although Denver looks a, a lot better. Chargers at Pittsburgh, Kansas City at home. They're going to be a huge dog at home. Uh, then they're at Buffalo on New Year's Eve, and then they end the year like the Colorado State against the Jets. So they're they're going to be dogs in every one of these games. What do you think the spread is on the Kansas game? Uh, yeah, probably seven and a half, eight. Yeah. Because it would probably be like 10. Or no, it might be even worse. Maybe it'll be 10. Double digits. It could be. Oh God! How the mighty have fallen. Is Taylor Swift going to be there? That's the big question. Yeah, that's, that's Taylor, all I want. Taylor know. Swift's parents are going to meet Travis Kelsey's parents. That's oh, the big. See, that's the big right, so story. You have to accept it. It's a thing. It's it's real I love. It, yeah, true think, love. I think it kind of has to be. Yeah. Now there's still the the potential that they uh, worked themselves into a shoot, as the old wrestling term goes, and that they were like either playing games with everybody or it was just a like a joke punchline, and then they're like, they spend too much time together for it to be like a joke. And I'm sure you saw the video that went viral this week of her getting off stage and oh. running into Travis's arms. Oh, yeah, big smooch. Oh. Big, his big, comfortable arms, strong, safe arms. That's yeah, a that. handsome fella. I saw. Sure he is. Good. He dresses like a clown. Oh, I, oh. I now, it. I, I am, it. like... I understand I'm not the one to give out fashion advice. I wear, I'm wearing mesh shorts and a sweatshirt, and that's what I wear most of the time. Top tier outfit. I feel like there's probably four ways of dressing. You can dress well. You can dress comfortable, which is what I dress. You can dress kind of funny. Like you're like, hey, I'm I'm wearing this because it's funny. And then you can just dress like an a-hole. And I feel like that's (laughs) – are those the four – Categories for how to dress? That's pretty fair. Yeah, I, I'm sure you could lump everyone into like one I'm, of those. I'm comfortable. Ryan's still here. He's, I would say comfortable, right? You're comfortable. Yeah. Stid's comfortable. Yeah, comfortable. Just comfortable. There are people like I, I. You see somebody who has like you know a suit that fits. It's uh like they never have wrinkles. I understand that that is dressing well, but like Travis Kelsey, wears stuff where it's like it's not even a pattern. It's not even like Dan flashes. I'm like I think you should leave. It's not. I don't know what it is. I don't know where he gets any of his stuff. I've never seen any of his stuff anywhere else. And then he's out there with the most famous person in the world, and everyone's like, you know, I don't think they're talking enough about his outfits. They look silly. Yeah, especially that blue one. That was top-tier silly. And it's silly, and it's like they're collared with buttons, but then they have, like, just reckless patterns. I don't know. I don't I don't really uh, I don't get that. But so, you know, what do I know? All right, let's go back to the phones. We got uh, Dan in Rhode Island. What's up, Dan? Hey, how you doing? Doing good. Good to hear you. Uh, quick thing about Joe Burrow and the Patriots. Yeah. I'm kind of bummed out about him because, uh, like, he was 
he kind of was like the modern-day Tom Brady, you know, still kind of a pocket passer. He could make – just had that it thing about him. But <laughs> although he's a much better quarterback, I think he's officially in Garopp- Garopp- Garoppolo territory now. He's an injury waiting to happen, you uh, know. Yeah, two- maybe. I mean, two. I mean, he had two years, right, with the bad injuries. I mean, he played, he played 16 games – Last year, he played two 16. season endings yeah. now, but that's two right, season right, endings. Right, and right. he had the caffin, and, uh, you know, he had something going into this game. Yeah. Just uh, I hope that's not the case, but it's kind of trending in that direction. I know. So, um, uh, and then as far as the Patriots go, look, I, I talked about this last time I called you. I mean, we're officially in like Drew Bledsoe, Rick Myra territory, right? Yep. And the only way out of this is – to get a you know a top tier quarterback, that's the the Houston Texans are a perfect example of this right now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. Bryce Young might be a bust, Stroud might be an ace, and it turned around the whole franchise. Yep. That's the only way out for years and years and years of being in the middle, and that's where we're at right now. And people, I, I people just think that this thing's going to turn around. If you don't get one of these guys, it, it, you know we're going back to. 20 years. We're just not one of those teams where there's a handful of quarterbacks that go to the Super Bowl every year, and you're not going to be one of them. So I'm 54, okay? I could say in my lifetime, I don't know if the Patriots don't play it right. You know, I may never see them in the Super Bowl again. Jeez, Dan. Oh, hopefully. No, that, that's depressing, <laughs> but it's, it's also reality Dark times. if you look at how it's been. No, you're, you know? you're, I think you're right. You're probably better off betting that. Now, hopefully you live a long and fruitful life, but I just feel like there is a chance. I mean, you look at some of these franchises, they've never won. Went around a long time, and it's not easy. I mean, and the the thing, too, and I know, uh, you know, we're talking about the Burrow injury, but when we're looking at the a- the landscape of the AFC and all the really good teams just in the conference alone and how many of their quarterbacks aren't even 30, so you're like, all right, well, where are they going? Like, they're going to be here a long time. Now, their ups and downs, like, I, I don't think the Bills are great this year, but I'm not – I'm not giving up on Josh Allen just because he throws a few picks. Like, I think Josh Allen's still pretty nasty. Between Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and maybe Justin Herbert, if they can figure out the coach, Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Stroud. So now half the conference already has a stud quarterback. Like, where where are you going to turn? And how many of those guys were picked up via free agency? I'm pretty sure all those guys were drafted, right? At least all the guys I just named. I think they were all drafted by their team. You know, every once in a while you get the, uh, you know, Tom Brady jumps onto Tampa Bay, sort of what they thought uh, the Jets were going to get with Aaron Rodgers or, or Stafford going to the Rams. But you had to, you had to make big trades. So either way, you got to be willing to use your first-round pick on the player or trade your first-round pick for the player. But, yeah, more often than not, I mean, I'm I'm with the caller. Like, this is supposed to be a draft as much as all of them are crapshoots. This is supposed to be a draft where you have at least two – franchise quarterbacks and you're in this you're 10 weeks into the season you have the third pick so i really don't see the need to like hey let's turn it on like win one for the coach like do not win one for the coach and lose several for whoever's the next coach and for the fan base and like turn this thing around i know it's such a we i know it's a weird thing and like one of the college was saying like it's weird to root against the patriots you're right it's insane it's normally insane but now what would a uh a December 7th win against the Pittsburgh Steelers do for you if you miss out, if you end up with the fourth pick and you miss out on May Williams or, or Marvin Harrison. 
10 years from now, you're like, oh, remember when we beat Pittsburgh, though, that one time on a Thursday night and we had that upset? I'm like, no, I don't remember that. What I what I would like is, you know, Caleb Williams entering his 10th year where he's made seven Pro Bowls and, and uh, two Super Bowl appearances. Because also, I think, you know, we've got to be realistic that the next quarterback isn't going to go to the Super Bowl every other year like Tom Brady. But to the last caller, he just wants one more before he dies. That's all he wants. So it's one more Super Bowl before he dies. And I get it. I get it. But, yeah, I think at this point in the year, there are uh, are so many bad teams, and you're just sort of looking at them like, are they going to, you know, t- going back to that Todd McShay cut, he's like, you know, the players aren't trying to lose, but there are times where there are coaching decisions. And Bill Belichick himself has done that. Now, this, again, falls into this weird spot where does Bill know he is back or does he know he isn't back? Or how does that play out? Like, does Bill really care about the Patriots pick if he's not taking it? My guess would be no. But it's not like I think he has all these secret weapons up his sleeve where he can win games. But if it comes down to, like, Lovey Smith, this is a good example, and it actually, in a weird way, worked out for Houston. But Lovey Smith and the Houston Texans last year, going into the last week of the season, had the number one pick all locked up. All they had to do was lose, and they won. <laughs> they won. I forget if that was their third win or whatever. I got to look that up. But they won. And it cost them the number one pick in the draft. And then Carolina took Bryce Young. They took C.J. Stroud. And it ended up working out incredibly well, at least through 10 weeks. Patriots, years ago, there was that time where uh, Bill manipulated the first-round opponent in the playoffs. They were already a playoff team last week of the season. If they won, I believe they were going to face the Steelers. If they lost, they were going to play the Jaguars. Well, shockingly, they went for two. Matt Castle threw it in like the eighth row, and they played the Jaguars. And they beat them. So it worked out. So like a coaching decision to manipulate an outcome, I don't think is the is the craziest thing in the world. All right, you can jump aboard here. 617-779-7937. Better start than last week, Stiz. Last Friday, I think we had four callers swear on the air. Must have been a full moon. I, I think, think it was a, yeah, yeah, it might have been a full moon. Might have been a full moon. I think we had uh we set the record, at least on the, the Rich Keefe show for uh for cussing. But uh we continue to take your phone calls. Uh, you can also hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Rich Keefe Show. We'll have our best bet for the weekend in the bet du jour coming up next year on WEI. You can watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash Boston WEI. And check out WEI on YouTube for our video on demand content updated daily. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEI. Oh, back here on the Rich Keefe Show, WEEI. It's a uh, Friday night. Hope everybody had a good week. No Patriots on Sunday. Probably means a uh, better weekend, at least for most of us. You can join the program, 617-779-7937. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, at Rich Keefe Show. And uh, you can watch the program on Twitch. Just follow WEEI. You can watch all the shows there on uh, Twitch. Time now for our bet du jour. What is that? Great question. It is the bet of the day. And on Friday... You can pick anything from uh, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. So, Stiz, where are you leaning in the all-important bet du jour? So I know because it's Friday, we can do the whole weekend. That's but the whole weekend. I am all about instant gratification, so I cannot wait Fair. for a Saturday or Sunday game. So I'm going to take the Celtics tonight 
Kristaps uh, Porzingis over 18 and a half plus 110. Yeah, the zinger's back in he's there. Back in there. All right. All right. I think he's going to be looking to get after it. Oh, over 18 and a half. Yeah, right. I know. Right. It's, a, it's a lot, but I think he got it. I like it. Yeah, yesterday on Thursday Night Football, the, the Andy Hart Thursday Night Football picks are atrocious. Atrocious. But, but. And you knew better. I did. I should have gone off better. I heard his pick. He you said Bengals. I'm like, oh, I already wrote down Bengals. I also wanted Bengals. And then you wisely chose the Ravens. Could have followed your boy. Hart is we so there's been ten Thursday night games. Hart is one eight and one. <laughs> it's unreal. Like how I feel like every year we do this and I always go like five hundred and it's like well, And he's a quote football expert. Yeah, please. Please football expert. The guy could not pick a Thursday game to save his life. And then he didn't now he gets some bad luck. He also picked a Mark Andrews anytime touchdown. Did not happen. Unfortunately, Andrews looks like he's gonna be done for the year. Uh, I think you had the Lamar touchdown. I yep. went Jamar Chase, who did not have a good game, but he did have the touchdown, so I at least hit on that. All right, my pick, and this could come back to bite me. I don't know if I can trust him yet, but I'm taking the Houston Texans, laying six at home to the Arizona Cardinals. So I do think the Cardinals are a little bit uh, a little bit first gear. You saw it last week with Kyler Murray being back, but the Texans are rolling. They're a good home team. The Cardinals are a horrible team. They haven't won a road game yet, and uh, Texans by six. I will take them there. Uh, Stiz, did you have you heard uh, your guy Bill Burr was on the Rich Eisen show? No, he was, and I feel like this material is because of you. I think it's because your brief interview you had with him when uh, during Comics Come Home, yeah, and then we played it on our show. Some of the other shows played it as well. So here's some of Bill Burr on with uh, with Rich Eisen. What do you think of uh, what's happening with the Patriots and Belichick? And that whole Cincinnati? conversation about him, they're going to fire him, mm-hmm. is just scuttlebutt that was in- invented by the local radio where they were just like, it's just a time to talk about. In other words, the phone lines aren't lit up. And then it just catches fire and everybody's talking about this. You mm-hmm. know what nobody's talking about? Who are you going to replace him with? The guy just coached a team mm-hmm. for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. They were the team of the decade, two decades in a row. Nobody has ever done that. Right. The second there's a little rough water for two seasons. It's like he has to go. What do you think of that? Is that replace him with a wet paper bag? <laughs> what are we talking about? We're two and eight. We did like 10 guys. That's all we do is talk about guys. So, so I, once again, I got to do the preamble. I love Bill Burr. Big, big fan of Bill Burr. Yeah, of course. But like to say that it's just a sports radio discussion, I would say is, is probably a little off. And to say that, like, nobody has any replacements, like, I think everybody's got a replacement. Like, every single person, I got, like, several replacements. I did a whole Twitter poll of replacements. Yeah, and it's basically the take of, like, Bill has carte blanche now for yes. the rest of eternity. He should coach uh, forever. Which is ridiculous. I know, and I don't know if it's one or two bad years. You know, it's it. the first one immediately after Brady was a bad year. The second one got people's hopes up because they did make the playoffs. They were 10-7. and seven. And even though they didn't win a playoff game, I'll, I'll still take that. I mean, hell, they, they look like they're a long ways away from the playoffs now. And then these last two have been really bad. So really post-Brady, four years, three of them have been pretty bad. One of them was okay. So I don't know. Like, everybody, like, once they win, should have their job forever. And I know Bill's won more than most, but... Uh, and no, I don't no, no. even, and I don't even know if I'm in the camp of like, oh, he's the worst coach. He's uh, he's, no, he's lost his not. fastball. But I just think this team yeah. right now, this situation is just not working for him. No, no, it is not. I think everybody could use uh, uh, a new spot, perhaps to go to, and 
I'm curious if Robert Kraft has already sort of made up his mind or if these games the rest of the way have any kind of bearing on it. And whether it's a record, whether it's the the record or just how the team plays, like they're not just two and eight. They've had multiple embarrassing games, like thirty eight three and thirty four nothing, are the two most lopsided games in Bill Belichick's coaching career, and they were in back to back weeks. So like that's like to Bill Burr's point, like oh they had a couple of bad seasons, like no historically bad performances. Like, they've never – Bill's coached forever, and he's never lost by that much. And he did it two weeks in a row. And then this game in Germany, I know it was a 10-6 game, but it was embarrassing. Like, for the game of football, it was horrible. It was a horrible product. And, you know, Robert Kraft, you could tell he was pretty bummed out Like when he was talking to the NFL Network, also Rich Eisen, by the way, but he was talking to him uh, about, you know, how important this game was in Germany and just how disappointing they've been in the season and, like, everything else, like – yeah, this is it's not going great, and I don't know how you could just trot it back next year and be like, all right, it's going to be fine. It is not. It's not going to be fine. I really don't think so. And I'm also surprised, and a big topic of conversation this week was all the teams that would want Bill. And I'm like, man, like you want Bill now? It's like, Or you want the idea of Bill or what Bill was? Everybody in the league should want what Bill was. I don't really know why you'd want Bill right now necessarily, but. You've had a lot of bad coaches. I guess you're really like the Chargers or the Commanders or the Bears. I guess you haven't had a good coach there in a while, so I guess maybe that's what they're hoping for. I will say I watched uh, Bill Burr's new movie last night, Old Dads. Pretty, pretty. Was good. it? I'm like, it was tw- all right. I'm Twenty it was minutes right. in. Yeah, I was it. I didn't. I was. I pulled it. I knew I wasn't gonna be able to watch the whole thing at once. So it's not like I shut it off because it was bad. I was just like, it was, it's very. Uh, my generation's this way, your generation's exactly. that way. Yeah, it's very on the nose, but what <laughs> what I thought it was good for, you know, when you go to bed and you pick that movie yeah. to kind of fall asleep to, that's what it was for me last yeah. night, and right. I watched the whole thing. All right, very good. All right, you can join the program at 617-779-7937. One hour down, two hours to go, and I want to get to coming up next. The thing today and yesterday that is bothering the most people for now. Everybody will forget about it in a couple of weeks, but the thing that's really pissing people off right now is what Clarissa Thompson said on a podcast about sideline reporting. People are all up in arms about it. So we're going to talk about that coming up next.